No, we Rach, sh- you don't speak like that. You don't go, hello. Stop it. You sound like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> hello. No, <laughs> do it normally. Do it normally. Let's okay. do it again. And can you, you you've got to, I think you'll stop. <sighs> no, but you've got to stop going, hello, my name is no, Rachel Mason. Doing... Speak normally. Okay, okay. go on. Just hello. Hello. Hello, this is I Wish I Was an Only Child, where we, Kath... That's me. And me, Rachel Mason, speak to other siblings about the dynamic of their relationship so we can see where we're going wrong. Today we spoke to comedian Josh Widdicombe and his half-brother Henry Widdicombe, co-founder of comedy production company Little Wonder. Henry's three years older than Josh. Kath and I have 18 months between us, and they have the same father. I get upset that they're so functional. And I struggle to get a word in. Enjoy. Enjoy. Right, okay, so let's just dive in. Let's go, because we've pissed about. So, we've got to start with, who is the funniest of you two? That's an awful question to start. Um, I think Henry's a funnier person face-to-face, and I think I'm more willing to pander to a crowd. I think Josh is obviously the most commercially funny out of the two of (laughs) us. Um, But I think we came from a background where being funny was the currency especially with our dad and, yeah uh, you mean that's think, how you got his attention no that was like the yeah. good thing to do was to make people laugh in the family and i think we're both funny in different ways and when we got into comedy josh was far more comfortable with learning about every aspect of funny and doing the work to turn that into a commodity whereas i think i was a bit more sort of instincts driven and Whenever I sort of learnt about being funny, I couldn't handle... I'd rather not know why something is funny. Whereas I kind of, yeah, I would obsess about how things work. And I'm quite kind of systematic, loveless, some might say, uh, in my approach. It's a a want to please in the sense of you are... When you're doing material, you're like, are you doing it for the audience? Are you like... And I, I think I probably... I even subconsciously just went towards the stuff that worked better rather than... Do you know, rather than went, no, it's my way or the highway, if that makes sense. Being half-brothers, what's the age difference? Three years apart, and I was sort of the bottom child of of the previous relationship. So Josh came three years after, and we grew up in a different... So we would visit each other, um, me mainly me going to Josh. And I think going back to that sort of funny thing, we definitely just revert back to the family humour when we're together, which is quite sort of like just taking the piss, isn't it? But hang on, I'm confused about... So you were both in different households? Yes. You weren't in the same... Okay. I was in Cornwall. I, so I grew up in Br- Bristol to the age of three and a half, and then we moved to Dartmoor. I have no memory of Bristol. We didn't live in a particularly nice area of Bristol because... I was recently reading Tricky's autobiography and he was talking about how he squatted in Totterdown at the same period I was living there. So it was quite a rough kind of area. But then I moved to Dartmoor because my gran moved down. And I think my gran was a big kind of funny person who was a big kind of comedy person in her influence on the family. But she wasn't Henry's gran, but she's a kind of old thespian actress or was an old thespian actress. That's weirdly where I put the difference between me and Josh down in that I had that I had a level of uncomfortableness with performance whereas Josh has just embraced it and I think he gets that from his mother's mum which isn't my gran I, I would be sort of Cornwall and we'd, we'd see each other about once a month for a weekend yeah and we'd and absolutely then... like live in each other's pockets for that period 
I, I lived, because I'm the younger one, so I lived with, with my dad. So you share the same dad. So you live with the dad. So so your dad had left you, Henry, to go and bring up Josh and that family. How did that make you feel? Well, let, I mean, let's not put all the blame on him. But... <laughs> well, let's. <laughs> put all the blame on my father. Uh, I mean, I worked through a lot of that stuff in my 20s, so let's... Yeah. Uh... Well, you, you uh, yeah. Kath hasn't I, worked through any of it. In our I haven't family. worked through okay. any. I'm absolutely fucking livid. So, so <laughs> I, I would, I would say I was livid in my twenties because I had no. You don't have that feeling of these people are just humans. They're your parents. You're still putting them on this huge pedestal. Mm. And I had a sort of uh, outburst at my dad in a in a letter mm. um, when I, and I was sort of like, why weren't why weren't you there more there for me and stuff and then. And then over time, we've had lots of discussions about just me understanding the circumstances of the breakup and him being absolutely torn apart by it and him going through stuff. Like now that I've got a child, the thought of not being able to be with that child every day. Exactly. Yeah. That's and, what I, it's exactly. Yeah. And so like back then, it was incredibly hard. And Josh, Josh knows this as well. Like seeing Josh have that relationship with my dad, which was different to my relationship with my dad, was very difficult. You remained close. That's the the, the two of you remained close. I, I was Josh much close. I think, yeah. yeah. I think even though there's a three and a half year age difference, I think that um, I think we were closer. I I mean, I don't want to make claims, but I'd say I was closer to Henry than his actual siblings in the sense of we were into the same things. Even small things like it'd be like uh, there's various, you know, for want of not using that kind of fever pitch style cliche but there'd be various things that we'd bond over like football and Plymouth Argyle which we went to with our dad and even the fact that we both had Amigas which were like the kind of thinking man snares computer game thing and we kind of we both had them and like having that kind of those shared interests I think drove us not drove us together I think we'd have been friends in different circumstances and I don't think you know, sometimes you've got siblings and you're not like them. And sometimes you've got siblings and you're interested in comedy and computer games and football and similar music. Do you know what I mean? So there was, there was lots of that being into the same things that I think is worth a hell of a lot in that situation because you're not clutching for common ground. So Rachel had a relationship with my dad. I didn't have any relationship with my dad. And I was, we hated each other. So Henry, why weren't you furious with Josh? Because he had your dad. I think probably because we got on so much in that. Yep. So, so <laughs> the, I had a choice really in that the four that I was a part of in the middle, mm. the sister above me was three years above and then four and then five and Josh was three years below. So whereas in my little unit, I always felt quite far behind my brothers and sisters. Whereas with mm. Josh, I guess, I guess probably it was quite nice to be sort of, looked up to in a way and I probably thrived on that and yeah and we yeah we would just get on massive and our personalities are quite different I think but also sort of share so much because of all of that time spent together and you know like it is with family you just sort of key in with that family member and within five minutes you're speaking in a different way than anything else I, really, I, I, th- I think also like um having your kind of you look for these things that are like, oh, are your personalities the same or different or whatever? But when you actually think about the friends you have or the partner you have or whatever, 
you don't you don't necessarily gravitate to someone who has the mirror image personality of you. Do you know what I mean? So I could be to use comedians. I could be friends with James Acaster and Matt Ford, and they're very different people, and they're very different people to me. But there's something about the way you relate to people that you know goes beyond just being similar people, if you know what I mean. And I think our personalities just gelled in that sense. And I think part of that was having a similar sense of humour. Um, and that Henry watched a lot of... You know, I remember Henry talking a lot about Vic and Bob and the far... I think you might have even gone to see, like, the Far Show Live or something and yeah, was um, big into that, that kind of world. And that just... Uh, I think that kind of... It's not that we were both into it, but it represented that we both found the same things funny, which is probably about, you know, 80% of the battle when you're, tr- when you're friends with someone, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, to go back to the sort of dad bit, I think our humour and dad's humour is incredibly similar. And I think when you... My relationship with my dad at that age is the thing I wanted most of all was a relationship with my dad. So, so it was kind of like, that's why I didn't want to bring any barriers into that I wanted to move as many barriers as I could to sort of for that those visits to be as good as they possibly could be I guess a relationship breaking up with kids must be one of the Mm -hmm. hardest things you can go through and you don't you don't really understand that until you're much older like you don't understand that but but it seems that and also Henry and Josh you, you you haven't discussed this together at all yeah I think we have bits and bobs but like in the nothing Henry's saying is new to me in the sense of I'm aware of it I remember that you know Henry sending that letter no I don't remember it but I've I've talked about like so I'm aware of all of that but what I mean is at the time I was totally had no idea and also I don't think we I mean I no it's not even I don't think we wouldn't meet up and talk about this do you know what I mean in the sense of I don't think we're, I don't think we're a group of, I don't think we're two people or even a family of people who outwardly wants to share their emotions with each other very much. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When we get, when we get together, it's sort of like, what can we do to make this most enjoyable? Yeah. Like the time we get together as a unit, like me, dad and Josh, there is no way, like we go to our girl games now and it's the best relationship I've ever had with my dad and as that unit and like there's no way I'd want to go there and go right can we discuss this today I want to go there and feel as relaxed as I possibly can you are so much more evolved than me and Ryan. it's unbelievable do you not you've never have you never hated each other me and Josh yes well I think yeah, I'm we have, sure I think we've had one pro- oh well, all right mate no no <laughs> Oh. I think we've had one proper argument, and when I mentioned it to Josh, he couldn't even. I couldn't remember it, it but I now what know it because Henry it? said it in the what best man it? speech. I can't even remember it now. I can't even remember it. So um, I went to stay with him in London when, uh, in my twenties, and he was still sort of he was sort of post uni, still living with a bunch of uni friends and stuff. He just started working at the Guardian, so he was out in the days. And one night, I told a story about how Josh got into refereeing when he was like 14 years old. And it was qu- it was quite... Um, he gave like a 10-year-old kid a red card. Yellow. The parents were, Yellow. The parents, the parents were... Yellow, mate. Me. 
<laughs> parents were berating him oh. and like we were all having a good old laugh josh got back and the next morning they said oh henry told me all about your refereeing and josh just he sort of said to me it was a really dark period of my life <laughs> i didn't want to go there i didn't want these guys knowing about it and like i had to leave and go and stay on his friend's floor because i'd upset him so much that he'd had to go back to this period of his life where he was refereeing but he has since done it on the jonathan ross show so i know it's open no graham norton no no it was on um, would i lie to you um but it was i don't think it was like a it's weird isn't it because now i don't even think of that as a dark i mean it might be a reflection of quite how easy my life was up until that point that this was considered a dark time in my life when i had a bad game as a, a youth referee <laughs> I, d- I vaguely, I only vaguely remember that. I still vaguely only remember that happening. It's bad, that isn't it? But I don't know. Yes, it's terrible. It makes me feel like Satan. It's awful. I've hated Rachel most of my life. Do you think that's because you spend so much time together that you've got the? No, 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 no. We didn't used to. Oh, no, okay. we didn't used to. We... I mean, Henry, I think you're cool as fuck to be able to be cool with all of that genuinely and not let it eat you up. Well, I think it did eat me up when I was a child mm, and that, mm. like and there was there was a re- resentment there in terms of how how Josh had a relationship with my dad that mm. I didn't mm. and still to this day will have a different relationship because if you live with someone mm. you will you will develop a different relationship to the one that if you don't of course. And, but also because Josh's gran was quite a successful actress actually and sort of um Josh would get quite spoil i think is a fair fair enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so i would see i would see this sort of he would get all of this stuff coming down the maternal grandmother side that i right. wouldn't and like dad would clearly do his best but there was sort of like a run of christmases where sort of in my mind this wouldn't have been the case but in my mind i got a whoopee cushion off my dad and josh would get like a computer or something <laughs> and it was like oh, see that's uh, terrible yeah but it wasn't dad's it was no one's no. fault because when you so look at it but back then as a kid you couldn't understand why what the difference was well you know, our, our paternal grandmother left rachel a grand in her will and left me nothing which i didn't tell you about no. for a long time no so that was all going on because, yeah um and i couldn't face that because i knew you'd go ballistic yeah and, and i did and you did so yeah I don't know quite why I did tell you. Um, <laughs> I think. I mean, you can. See, I've I've barely said a word. You can see how this dynamic works. Um, so when I was what ten, maybe, our great grandma died, and there's probably fifteen children across our generation below her, and we each got left eight hundred pounds by her, and there was this kind of difference in policy i suppose from our parents uh so our mine and henry's dad allowed us to have the money so i was i was a 10 year old with 800 quid which was absolutely mind-blowing at the time and i spent 350 on a stereo a sony stereo which is probably the best and then kind of frittered the rest away but um and i remember our cousin's parents kept hold of the money and said you can have it when you're 18 and invested it in their business and they never saw it it was this like on going live going what my question is but my question is henry can you remember that and what did you spend your money on 
yeah, of course I could. I, I bought an Amiga 1200 and I bought a bodyboard uh, wetsuit and, and flippers. Set up for life with my 800. <laughs> Do you think that was the right decision to let us have the money? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what a what a moment so I, when yeah. that 800 quid landed. I had to work. I had paper rounds. I worked making crab sandwiches, all of this stuff. And to get 800 quid and just go, oh my God, I can just have the things my friends have got. And I got to pick what I wanted. I can remember really being careful and going, don't blow it. Don't you get, you've got one shot <laughs> at this 800 quid. And like, and then, yeah, setting myself up for a career in bodyboarding was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's irresponsible parenting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bit shit being the elder sibling. But I'm also the younger sibling. I have siblings looking, after, looking out for me. I guess till sort of early 20s, I felt like I was looking out for Josh. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, think I, I think the interesting thing about it is, obviously when you don't grow up together... I don't think you end up with any of those day-to-day frustrations in the sense of almost your relationship becomes that best-of situation, if you know what I mean, where you'll only see each other a little bit and you'll do the best things. You'll you'll always go to the football together. In your 20s, I'll go to to Swansea where Henry's at uni and they'll go out on the piss or whatever. You know, if you have a flatmate, it it magnifies all of the issues between you you and that person. I think it's possibly... One of the reasons we found it easier to have a good relationship is we never had that spotlight day-to-day of what would happen if you were growing up in the same house for 15 years together. When you really get to the bottom of who that person is when they're ill or tired or grumpy or want to watch a different thing on TV to you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so astute. Like, every single memory of Josh is top drawer so when we meet up we're doing something yeah you said obviously henry you had some jealousies you talked through those but i did but i'd also be able to on visits i would then probably dominate in a sense in that i could use all of that stuff that josh had got so that was the bonus of like josh would get a pc and when i went to visit i could play on that pc Yeah, I think, I I actually do think that was the one thing I was slightly aware of and slightly embarrassed by in the sense. But because my dad wasn't the breadwinner and so my mum was the breadwinner and so obviously, and my mum's not Henry's mum. And so my stuff is nominally, obviously parenting is a team and it's not about who earns the money, but it's nominally coming from the money from my mum's work and from my gran, who's not Henry's gran, yeah. Yeah. who's got savings. Yeah. So all of that stuff is, I, you know, it's not like I'm getting it instead of Henry. But I was still, I, could, I definitely, I remember being, not embarrassed, but you're kind of, you check yourself, don't you? And you don't, you're not like, look what I've got, yeah. I don't yeah. think. Or maybe I was without realising. Mm-hmm. I think that was the one thing I was aware of being slightly awkward about. I think there was an age probably yeah, maybe, 14 yeah. i think where you became so aware of yourself and you you literally physically did work on your personality i think i don't Still doing it. to be good man yeah. but like because he was kind of an only child as well he had some only child traits would have a meltdown for instance or like wasn't very good at not he's very competitive still is but like you can't see that now in josh you can't see that he's competitive when we got into comedy and people would talk to me about josh and go oh my god he's so chilled and such a nice guy and and you go 
because you were still remembering the 10 year old yeah. but i can remember josh physically working on his personality and going i don't want to be the person that can't lose did you do that yeah, yourself so- josh or did you get help no, I did that myself. I, I, I don't think I don't think it was even a, as conscious as that. I am a very competitive person, not in the sense of I'm eaten up by it and can't get to sleep at night because, uh, I don't know, because Romesh is playing so many nights at the Apollo. <laughs> but like, I, I default to being competitive in game situations and don't actually enjoy them that much. Yeah. And so, I, but what I do generally is not put myself in those situations, if you know what I mean. Mm-mm. I was definitely overly competitive as a child, but I definitely realised, you know, that's not a way you can live your life because you will go absolutely mad. Mm-mm-mm. So I kind of was like, right, well, I've got to do something about this. I think you sort of, without sounding too cheesy, you sort of harnessed that competitive en- energy for good things. Rather, like I think we both avoid direct competitive situations yeah probably because of that period but actually we're both very competitive in our own ways i think mine's quite a subtle competitiveness and not necessarily overt yeah i think we both sort of managed to turn that energy into something that drove us forward so neither yeah, of you are jealous of each other i i, I don't think I don't so think, i don't th- i think henry would hate my life Henry would hate to look at a tour and go, oh my God, I've got to be there and there and there and there. And I I don't think you'd enjoy that. No. You realised that early on, I remember you doing a weekend in Brighton and just, it was the most, you were like, this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? Absolutely. And like, it's, I it's think. The weekend I chose to quit comedy. And I think, yeah. and I think that is, that's the weird thing is we realised we were going in different directions. And I think that was, that was hard and was hard for a long time in that, in our 20s, it felt like we were going to do it together. And then we realised, mm. oh, here's a, here's a point where you go over there and I go over here. And it, was, it wasn't jealousy because I wouldn't want what Josh has got. But it's still hard to be doing something together and then see someone go, so huge. Yeah. But what kept me going? It wasn't what Josh would think because I know Josh has so much respect for what I've done. So we've got this, between me and Josh, there's this shared respect. But I think for me, what sort of weighed was the people that didn't understand comedy. So could see Josh being huge, but wouldn't understand that what I was doing with Mahunclef and Little Wonder and all the stuff I was going was also had merit. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I knew Josh understood what I was but doing. Who, but was who like, do you mean? Who didn't understand? People. Just people. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about that again? And that, um, <laughs> yeah. Course. I think fam. I think family. When you've both been on a thing together, and your family know we're going to do comedy, we're going to do comedy, and then Josh is very much a comedian, and and I am not. Yes, but I do all of this great stuff. That was all in my head. Mm. You know, that wasn't in anyone else's head. I think in comedy, so much of your judgment of yourself and what you're doing is the the stuff that is the most difficult to deal with is almost this hypothetical view in your head that other people how they're analyzing your career so you you, you'll do something and it's very easy to say yeah I'm just doing this for myself you know and I I, do you know what I'll be really proud of this whatever happens with it but in your head you think that everyone is comparing and contrasting and they're not really I totally agree with Henry in that sense of I don't think there was ever a, a case that it was between us but I can totally see how that comes in that I think Almost all of the judgment and criticism of your own output, whatever you're doing, is in your head from hypothetical people that don't really understand what you're doing, if that makes sense. 
But do you ever wish that you were still working? I know you're working together sort of in a sense, but I sort of panic if I think about not working with Rach. I'd love to work with Henry. I, I genuinely, you, you, you know, that'd be a lot of fun to work with Henry again, I think. And it would be sad to think that that would never happen again. But it's like the circumstance, isn't it? One of the big issues we always had was geographical. And I know that sounds really small, but it's not in the sense of yeah, like... it's life. Yeah. Henry and I do live four hours apart. Once I was established in London, it's a long way away. I think that's probably the most we were apart and drifted apart was almost partly because it was just... You just don't see each other as much. And a weird thing that I think has brought us back together, but it's even like the advent of WhatsApp and yeah. the ability to text for free and all that kind of stuff as I think has really kind of broken down those geographical yeah. barriers to an extent I agree with Josh and that like life got in the way yeah that, but I think we both think we've never said it out loud but I, bet, I think in my head I've always thought we will get back to a point where we're sat in a room making each other laugh and that that is what we were always chasing mm. right back in the beginning of like oh why can't we do this all our lives definitely I think that Josh's willingness to move into London and play the system of comedy mm. Whereas my insistence that being so stubborn about it and going, no, I don't, I won't go there and go there. I think we reached a point in comedy where in our 20s, we were often the funniest. This, I mean, this is going to sound braggy, but in our, the comedy, as we were growing up in whatever comedy little pools we were in, me and Josh would always be the funniest people in the room. And then we reached a point late 2000 and like 2008, 2009. Mm where I wasn't the funniest person in the room to Josh and Josh probably wasn't the funniest person in the room yeah. to me. So suddenly you're sort of blinded by these these talents and going, oh my God, I'm friends with this person who is hilarious. And so whereas Josh was in London and surrounded by those people, it was so accessible for him to go, okay, here's something I'm going to write as part of and here's something. And I'd shut all that mm. down. And also sort of the business was beginning to grow. So I built myself an out. I think the competitive nature of that, like we were in a sketch group together and I loved that time. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. But the competitive nature of it did affect me for a long time, I think as well. But that's a, that's huge. To, that's a huge chasm to suddenly realise, yeah, that you're... You... Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think that moment happened 10 years ago and we've mm. massively moved on from it. Have you ever been embarrassed by each other? Yeah, hit me, Josh. Go on. Uh, no, I don't think I've been embarrassed. Yes, you have. You have been embarrassed by me. I don't, I don't think I have as a child. <laughs> so I think I embarrassed you in 2008 in Edinburgh. I've got no memory of that. And you, when you were in So You Think You're Funny and you introduced me to the main person behind that. Um, what, Karen Corran? I was an absolute asshole. Julia Chamberlain. Yes, I guess it will be, yeah, yeah. And they won't remember it. No one will remember it apart from... But in my head, it was a real... Because I was so anti-competition, yeah. a real yeah. cranky yeah. comedy purist type. And Josh was like, oh, this is the person of this. And I was just like, really just non-responsive. That's another moment where I felt like I'd pissed you off. But uh, yeah, I've got so no... And far between. So in terms of growing up, I, I, I imagine Henry was more embarrassed by me because I was the younger brother. But I definitely looked up to him in that sense that you, you're not embarrassed by your older brother and also you're when you're three and a half years their junior you, you follow their teachings for want of a better word in the sense of you don't you think that they're the coolest person there is so I don't think he could have when I was a kid I reckon Henry might have 
found me a bit of a tag along at points. Like there was points, so when Henry was getting a bit older, so I don't know what summer it would have been, but you don't remember, you'll remember Henry that you're working at Plymouth Tip. And so Henry had a full-time job, but he was back in Cornwall for the summer. So he would have been at 19 or 20 or whatever. And because he had a full-time job, he couldn't come up to visit us. And so I'd go down to visit and I must have been like 15, 16. And I think I became like a slight tag along. Whereas when Henry was up with us, he was always away from his friends. So there was no worry about this three and a half year your junior brother tagging along. Henry wouldn't have thought about the embarrassment of me in front of his friends when he was staying in Devon. It would be even the period when I got into Games Workshop. <laughs> I seem to remember Henry coming up and being non-judgmental about that or at least openly about that so I don't think I would have been embarrassing except when I was kind of visiting you I, I'd wait to be corrected on that yeah I th- I'd agree with Josh in that when I went to Dartmoor I was anonymous so I was entering in a situation where Josh had one or two friends because it's Dartmoor and I could go there away from all my friends and just be into whatever Josh was into so like when he was into Games Workshop <laughs> Let's hammer that home. Um, <laughs> I, I just sort of went along with it. And I can remember going home quite liking it and talking to this really nerdy kid and borrowing his manual. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm back home now. <laughs> but yeah, when, jo- when Josh would come down, I remember being very protective of him and trying to integrate that. Yeah, I was in Cornwall. It was sort of like beach and surf, not surfing. Let's not claim I was a surfer. <laughs> that kind of thing of like, coastal lifestyle rather than Dartmoor which of these questions that we've asked I would say would you be have you been most uncomfortable about answering probably the dad stuff because when you've been through something and feel like you've worked through it and like I'll pop it in that box there that's not completing therapy in any sense of the word that you've popped it back away I don't necessarily want to go back and think about going through that process again I'd say it would be talking about going our separate ways at the start of doing comedy because I think that was a weird kind of thing that happened and maybe you don't speak about a lot and and I think the childhood stuff you kind of you know how everyone feels about it and stuff and so I think that was definitely um the bit that I found the most difficult but you're not at all churned you you both seem like you're just very calm about everything which for me and Rach is quite astonishing and it's quite I think it's also like Josh said it's about you know in some ways their relationship seeing each other as they did you get the best of yeah. version yeah. which I think is true because we are, you know would argue over the remote control or the TV channel so it's very different I think there's an argument to be made that me and Henry have got the relationship of cousins that are really close as opposed to siblings in that weird sense if you know what I mean like you've got that physical distance when you're growing up and so just you're like very close cousins as opposed to uh, as opposed to siblings with a weird gap if that makes sense I think that would be a better description of it in a weird way so we should have had you on the cousins podcast yeah fuck's sake right (laughs) no I I don't mean that to disparage it we haven't had to put up with all the difficulty of the same house that you two have remote control gate (laughs) etc But you don't sit with your partners and slag off the other, do you? No, Ever. I, I don't think. Yeah, I think that only reflects on you so <laughs> badly, Kelly. <Kat. laughs> yeah, that won't be 
be in it. Don't worry. I think what's happened um, here is Kath has come to deal with her own behaviour and hopefully see it reflected in us. And we've done the worst job of showing Kath that you're just yeah. typical siblings and they're all like it. Yeah. And in, in, in fact, and in fact, we've set your relationship back 10 years. By being quite balanced. Totally, of course she is. Of course that's what you're looking for. Yeah, (laughs) Kath's looking for affirmation. (laughs) Absolutely. No, this is going to be a lesson for you, Kath. Exactly, so so is. Um, So I suppose we'll just wrap up. Is there any, I mean, it all feels like it all got a bit too heavy, you know, Mm, 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 but mm, mm. is there anything you would... This was supposed to be a fucking hilarious podcast. I don't know how I went wrong. (laughs) Josh, can you teach me in presenting (laughs) immediately and a fucking crash course? I also think you're speaking to us at a time where we're both very in satisfied positions. Yeah, I think, definitely, I think... Now it feels like we've both settled down. It does feel in a weird way like our lives, even though there's three and a half years when you're 12 and 15 and a half feels like forever. It actually, I, I feel like we're kind of getting to the same points in our lives at similar points. Is, yeah. is there anything you would want to say to each other that you've never said before? I think that's what we'd love to close on. I think we've said it in that like we've, we've, never, we've never talked about that divergent path bit. And it's always felt there. And I think just saying that, just acknowledging that we've both got an aim to get back to that being in a room pissing ourselves. That's the eventual aim. I don't think that's been said out loud since we went our separate ways, really. It's weird, kind of, we're recording this, obviously, in a kind of lockdown, particularly for Henry, because Wales is different to England. And it's weird that bit of our daughters seeing each other, because they've probably lost, you know nine months there's going to be where they can't see each other or whatever and it's kind of we saw each other a lot when I was a kid even though we weren't together and that was really fortunate it was really good and there was you know so there was Henry's siblings and there was also our cousins who we were close to Anna and Emily and that those kind of things when you're a kid are really great memories of when you're a kid those family times and you want to give your own children those similar memories even though you realise that for the adults, those yeah. memories that you're creating for the children are probably mainly based on have you got all the stuff in the car and have you get, getting home and all these stuff you don't know when you're a kid. But when you're an adult, it's just a faff to make those things happen. But it's really good that they were made to happen. Both having daughters that you know are going to get together and have fun together that is such it's, and again my daughter is slightly older than josh's so again i just i'm just slightly leading the way <laughs> it's sort, of, sort of restarted a new bit of our relationship but that also feels very familiar oh great our daughters are going to be friends and they're going to meet up every now and again like we did and they're going to play together you know we're here away with with partners and our two because we have two only children elliot's four buzz is eight and it's the same, we're aware we've got only children and we want them to be as close as we mm. are. Hopefully not, I mean, intense would be good, maybe slightly less intense. Can I ask a question? I never even until this would have gone, we're particularly together. But if that's kind of how you're hearing it, does that make you, A, want to adapt your relationship or B, feel jealous of that? Or C, does it make you go, I quite enjoy the fireworks? I think that, Kath, you don't want to adapt our relationship you like it the way it is you like the ups and downs and the explosions whereas for me although I think sometimes the explosions work really well 
because it's like bursting a spot mm. and then we get stuff out in the open and we move on which is brilliant rather than years of festering but i would rather adapt and have a much calmer yeah and i find that i find that quite stress, quite stressful because i think I don't know, it just feels like you're sitting in a, a can with a lid on and I think you should be very open and explosive, I suppose. Yeah, but I that, keep using that word. That's I know, probably the wrong one. That a lot. Yeah, exactly. But that's because you're built that way. Yeah, of course. So yeah. we've got a lot of extremes at play here, but yes, I hear your relationship and I strongly feel like I really hope it will help Kath to reassess <laughs> and realise. There's no drama really in that sense. Sorry. Yeah. Oh boy. Right. That's it then. Oh boy, drilling, <laughs> drilling into another unminable stone. Okay. Thanks for listening and please join us again next time. Say it again because I said zinger. This has been a Little Wonder production. Logo artwork from Kathy Mason. Voice from Melanie Walters. Music from Rodri Viney. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe and Jill Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and Welcome to Spooktown. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. No, I've never done a notepad. But right, you've drawn all over the bed. Oh my God.